Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of 7 Minutes or Less. This is your host Ben, and sorry for sounding somber, but it's been hard to get my mind on basketball again, um, ironically, as it sounds, losing Kobe Bryant, and um, you know, it felt just uh, therapeutic um, to talk about it with Yoni for over an hour, and just uh, talking about life in general, it was just a... A meaningful podcast and um, I'm just hoping that you know everybody has the strength to persevere and and take the positives out of that podcast and positives out of Kobe the leader and the role model um, but right now you know gotta the show must go on and uh, I think that would be something that Kobe uh, would want so just talking about what's happening in the NBA right now, there's there's not a lot really going on. It's Super Bowl week, so really the focus is not on the NBA other than the tragedy. Um, Lakers and Clippers facing off is a big story, um, but I just want to talk about where the NBA is at the moment and what, you know the teams that I consider to be the true contenders and what they need to do. So I think it's a two-team league right now it's the Lakers and the Clippers the Clippers are like what third in the West and they they've done it with Kawhi having load management and Paul George being injured for such a long time and they haven't found the chemistry with all those guys on the court at the same time so I just think they're the best team in the league barring injury um but I won't count out the Lakers, especially now. I feel like this extra motivation is going to be there and the crowd and, and just, you know, the general feeling will be like this has to be LeBron's year to to, to carry the torch of that Kobe left behind. Um, that's what everybody's going to be rooting for. Um, myself, I wasn't rooting for that. I wasn't rooting for the Lakers before, but I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them right now. Uh, it's not about LeBron. Um, for sure not, but it's just about, you know, honoring Kobe, that would be like a great, a great story, you know, when I was growing up, um, after the tragic events of 9-11, the Yankees had the perfect storm, because they made it to the World Series, and, you know, a a lot of people didn't think that they were going to beat, you know, Arizona, because they had that crazy one-two punch of Schilling and Randy Johnson that were just untouchable, and they made it. They made it to Game Seven. They made it to. They handed the ball over to Mariano Rivera. It was just like the perfect storm. Like it, it, the emotions were all there because after 9/11, everyone like New York, the Yankees became America's team in a way. And then the unthinkable happened, and they lost. So it was a little anticlimactic. But I feel like if if the opportunity comes for the Lakers, I think a lot of f- fans who are not necessarily Laker fans would kind of want to see that happen for the organization but I do think the Lakers are a matchup problem for the Clippers in the playoffs when things slow down and the half court teams thrive a little more they don't have the nearly as good of bench as the Clippers which is going to be a factor but the size is there Um, that's going to be a problem for the Clippers because the Lakers are going to get offensive rebounds and they can defend they're long um, the Clippers really have to address that. But one one guy who I think 
we haven't spoken about in the podcast, who I think will make a difference if if traded at the deadline. That's Marcus Morris. He's a he's a three and a four, um, three and D guy. Um, plays with attitude. Very tough player. I loved this, you know, the signing. He's been fantastic for the Knicks. He's one of the few bright spots we have this season. Um, when I say we, I mean Nick fans. Um, he's just been really good. And honestly, the old Knicks probably would have signed a Tobias Harris out of a panic move. Um, and we just got like a discount version of Tobias. And I think he's better. He plays better defense. He's, he's just like the kind of guy you put on a championship team and he doesn't, he'll still do damage, but he's not going to dominate the ball. He'll do the right things. And ideal role player. I mean, on the Knicks, he's doing more than he should be doing, but obviously they're a bad team, so he's going to put up numbers. So that's one guy. I think if one of those teams can get him, I think the Clippers have the upper hand because they have the Mo Harkless contract. They have they have a pick to dangle probably, um, and they have some young players um, to offer the Knicks. Um, I don't know if Landry Shamit would be available. That would be unbelievable, but I doubt that the Knicks would get such a thing because they're the Knicks. And... You know, there's a few other guys. Iguodala, I don't know what's going to be happen with them. Memphis has been really good. So I imagine they'd want to keep him, but I don't think he wants to be there. He was just on ESPN with Woj, and it seemed like they were just talking about all the different places he can go. So that's, I think, out of the question. But if Iguodala goes to one of those teams, he could swing it. That's how, that's how important he is. Um, and there's a few other guys that... You know, just to keep an eye on, I think, Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, who is very underrated, and he's just in a bad situation. He's on a losing team, but he's one of those, like, tough European players who who has ice in his veins and put in the right situation in a winning environment. I think it'd be very valuable. Another guy is Derek Rose. So there's certain people, even Langston Galloway is playing very well, certain people who can potentially swing things in a trade. So it's it's too hard to say who's going to be the better team. But other teams that I think people are underrating are the Nuggets. Um, they haven't played at full health, you know, with Millsap and a bunch of guys injured. But Michael Porter Jr., if he's healthy, like, he's a secret weapon. So that's one team to look, you know, to, to keep an eye on. I want to see if Dallas are going to be buyers at the deadline and if KP's going to stay healthy. Um, they lost Powell recently, which was a big blow, but they got Willie Cauley-Stein. And that's a team to keep an eye on who's like, I don't think they're going to go far, but they're going to be an annoying team to face um, for the higher seeds. And last but not least, I think Utah, they just have the chemistry. They've been playing with each other for a while. Gobert is playing really well. Donovan Mitchell's coming to his own. I think that with Conley out, we haven't seen how good they can be, but just getting a guy like Jordan Clarkson has changed a lot for them. Um, and Ingles is starting to play like his old self. So it's going to be an exciting Western Conference. I think the East is very disappointing. I'm not a big believer in Boston, their lack of size. Um, but they might come out. I think Miami is probably the most exciting team. And we can talk about them. I actually want to do another podcast about Miami. And maybe Philly, but Philly has been disappointing to me. So I guess we'll keep, we'll keep talking. We'll talk about this at a later date when it's more relevant.